0: Welcome to the Conversations That Matter Podcast. My name is John Harris. We're going to dive right into it uh, real quick today. Um, last week, I was away. I was visiting family and people were sending me some of the stuff we're going to look at, but I hadn't seen it. So now I want to talk about it because I, I started skimming through some of the stuff that's on my list and I was like, oh man, this is kind of, it's sad, but it's kind of funny and it shows something. I think the lesson we're going to see um, with some of the things we're looking at is that there's there's a certain variety of Um, at least they think of themselves as intellectual, but these intellectual evangelical elites uh, who are primarily social justice minded, a lot of them. But there's a certain kind of like um, (laughs) there's a strong assumption that they have, like really strong, and like emotional attachments, identity is involved in this. You can't really argue with it because it's an article of faith. And that's really the takeaway. Trusting in the, the prevailing covid narrative and the treatments that we're supposed to um, to trust that is an article of faith now to such an extent you can't uh, even get someone to look at it in any kind of semi objective manner does it say hey like can we look at numbers can we um, can you look at some of the things that may be uh, of concern here um, can we um, compare it to maybe other treatments that are are safe and have been proven safe for years and Maybe they're working better. Is there, is there any reason we can have? Not really. And I, I think it's because of what I'm about to show you. Um, to uh, be in the good graces of those who are secular elites and those who hold the power is, it's like an article of faith. It is like, it, it is what some of these evangelical elites live for. It really is. And I, I've seen this over the course of years. I wouldn't be saying this unless I have just noticed this over the course of years. And sometimes they can even say some of the right things, but then they, they do the bidding somehow. They move, whenever they're practically moving uh, people or inspiring people to act in a certain way, they always move the arrow towards the left and it towards those who are in power, elites in power, and they don't represent their constituents. And this is a good example of that. You have Russell Moore and you have Daniel Darling, both formerly with the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission for the Southern Baptist Convention, and so often they did things that were counter-religious uh, liberty and counter-ethics, against ethics, um, or they moved the arrow in those directions, and, and they they've they kept doing it. Russell Moore's with Christianity Today. Um, Daniel Darling's probably looking for a job right now. We'll talk about why. But here, here's the first thing I want to share with you. Uh, Russell Moore, a batch of breakthrough COVID has hit our house. Maria felt okay. The older vaccinated boys were fine all along. I get, you know, it's because they were vaccinated. That's the insinuation. I feel like I've been run over by a bulldozer. Now, this is the same Russell Moore who posted himself double-masked with a Lord of the Rings Hobbit mask and on, on the top, and he said, this hobbit's been vaccinated. And he's saying now he feels like he's been run over by a bulldozer. Okay, not exactly your poster child for vaccines. but uh, but, but we go on here, and he says, still, that's nothing compared to what others are experiencing around the world. He's grateful, and then he follows it up the numbers are showing us. The rates of vaccinated people hospitalized is tiny. Deaths even more so. I'm glad to be vaccinated, but plead with you all to do so, too. Um. Just think to yourself for a moment. If you were the poster child or trying to promote a certain treatment and it didn't work or it's not working well, would you be posting about it? I mean, I'm just saying... Um, What's the point of this? Like, if, you're really, if you really think it works, why are you, or you want to promote that it works, why are you telling people, I feel like I got run over by a bulldozer? And it gets funnier. So you start scrolling down this, and you start reading the comments, and you start coming up with these, thank you for having the wisdom to get vaccinated. I hope more evangelicals will follow your example. You want them to be feeling like they got run over by a bulldozer? Here's the thing. The assumption is, well, it would have been so much worse if I didn't get the treatment. If I didn't get that shot, man, I would have been dead. And how do you reason with that? It's an article of faith at that point. There's no disproving it because no matter what happens, no matter what bad thing happens, uh, it could be the result of the shot. They're still going to say, well, it would have been much worse if we didn't get it. And um, and I I showed some numbers. I, I I showed some studies at least that are indicating that. Look, if you already had it, then you have immunity, more so than uh, getting this, um, th- th- these shots will give you. Um, you uh, y- your body's kind of, it's cool. <laughs> your body's cool like that. God designed it that way. And there's other things, the things that like were recommended during SARS-COVID-1, like 2004, 2005, that you can do that will help you um, combat this. And it is real and it'll help you uh and i've mentioned some of those um those treatments but it's like you put that on the shelf don't even talk about it that's crazy talk only focus on the approved uh big pharma um you know solu- supposed solution to this other comments grateful you all are vaccinated yeah there you go there's one there um uh grateful you are vaccinated get rest um i hope you'll inspire others to get vaccinated just picture this russell moore on his deathbed feeling like he got run over by a truck now i can say this because he he's recovered as far as i know which is good for him but he he's feeling like he got run over by a truck and he's now inspiring others to get vaccinated that yeah that image just doesn't inspire us but this is in my mind this is just twisted thinking it's just they're not it doesn't cause them to think like maybe it didn't work maybe it just didn't do what it was supposed to do or it's not as effective as it should be maybe maybe there were some other solutions that were being talked about that might be better um no it's it's this (laughs) there's a class of people that they'll believe whatever the the elites tell them and they want to be in their good graces and their favor and that's i can say that because i've been watching these people for so many years now but uh but it just it gets it gets them into these twisted, weird spots like this. So I thought it was kind of funny. thought I'd share it with you. All right. Let's watch this. This, um, a little bit of it. I don't know if I want to go through this whole thing. This is kind of becoming controversial. This guy, Daniel Darling, who used to be with the ERLC, was the senior vice president of communications for the National Religious Broadcasters. And now, well, okay, he wrote this article for USA Today called, Why as a Christian and American, I got the COVID vaccine. As an American. And um, basically, I'll read for you. Um, he says... Uh, yeah, we can't trust anyone, basically. But in spite of this, he trusts the vaccine, and uh, it's one of the discovering the technology is one of the most amazing feats in in modern history. And many Christians worked on it, and um, uh, he doesn't want to see anyone else die from COVID. I guess the implication is if you don't get it, that that's what's going to happen. Our family has lost too many close friends, uh, even their piano teacher, um, and uh, and and as a Christian and an American, he's proud to get it. And so, this is all like this is playing on identity and emotion. It's emotion. It's all emotion. It's, it's just, it's, it's, uh, look at these people who designed it. Some of them are Christians. Okay, you feel kinship with them because of that. There's an attachment there, uh, relatability. Um, and then, uh, in addition to that, well, uh, hey, look, um, the, uh, it's, it's a great breakthrough, amazing innovation that, that we've come up with. And, it should just inspire you as an American. I mean, there's no, there's no real talking about uh, testing numbers, potential side effects, other treatments. None of that. And, and that's what we're we're missing in this whole thing. So anyway, he goes on Morning Joe. This is a you know very liberal show, on MSNBC. And you think, you know, I always say, you think this is the time that you will know, give them the gospel, right? This is the time. But let, let's see how it, this
1: shakes out.
2: Talk about your faith and the role it played in you making that decision.
1: Well, I think there's two things to think about. I think one, uh, one of them is this idea that we are to love our neighbors. And one of the things we do when we get a vaccine is we not only protect ourselves, but we also do our part in keeping our na- uh, our part from spreading the vaccine or spreading the, the, the virus and hurting our neighbors. Secondly, I also think... Um, you know, the the way to persuade people uh, to get a vaccine is not going to come top down. It's not going to come from uh, sort of uh, elites, but it's going to come from people closest to people, uh, their doctors, their pharmacists, their pastors. Uh, as I said, there's a great deficit of trust here in this country. Much of it is earned because mm-hmm. our institutions have failed us in many ways. And yet this is one area where I do think we can be confident that the vaccine works. Uh, It has had rigorous protocols. Uh, It's a uniquely American success story with our companies coming together. Uh, And we've had a bipartisan push on it. President Trump uh help shepherd this vaccine through and then president biden is helping uh, us to uh, get the vaccine out and so i really encourage folks i don't shame anyone into getting it i know it's a a very big decision to put a foreign substance into your body it's all new but i do encourage folks to talk to their doctor and really consider it just because uh, we we just don't want to see anyone else uh, unnecessarily die of this uh, lethal virus
0: Okay, a few things there um, that I just wanted to comment on. You know, He doesn't shame anyone into it, but yet he's doing this because he loves his neighbor. Um, he doesn't want to see anyone die. Uh, he's convinced uh, that this is positive and it works. And, um, and, and so I don't know what you're supposed to feel about that if you didn't take it. He also says that it's elites. The elites pushing this isn't going to work. But then you're you know writing from the pages of USA Today and is it's it's just um, and you're on MSNBC talking about it like I don't what's the point if if that's not going to work to convince people elites talking on elite networks and elite magazines I'm not sure it just I don't know I don't know what what, what's the point of all this Um, I will say this could it be that Daniel Darling I mean I don't want to start a conspiracy here but is it possible that maybe he spread the COVID uh, to Russell Moore, who then got it, despite the fact that they both got the um, the shot? Um, I, I don't know, but I and I don't have anything to back it up. But neither does neither do they on a lot of things they say. So I feel justified. All right, let's just let's go a little farther with this. I don't want to go too long because um, I got to keep this short. But uh, let's just see what what else uh, he might have to say here.
2: So Dan, uh, I've asked this question before of other evangelicals that have come on this show, and what I don't understand mm-hmm. about many of my friends and family members are the um, the conspiracy theories that they seem to be more prone to on Facebook. Um, uh, you know, uh, as I say, we we as evangelicals believe we have the greatest story ever told as the mm-hmm. foundation of our lives. We really don't need some. Christian Chinese some some uh, Chinese religious cult uh, sending conspiracy theories across the world to influence us we don't need uh, conspiracy theories on Facebook uh, to, to wrap our arms around why is it that many of our fellow brothers and sisters are not listening to their pastors not listening to their doctors not following the words of Jesus do unto others as you would have them do unto you uh, and instead, <clears throat> I mean, and not listening to their family members, uh, and instead clinging to lies that are spread on Facebook. What, what explains this? It's deeply disturbing to me. What explains that people of the evangelical faith especially?
1: Well, I do think actually there's some good news. Uh, Vaccine hesitancy among evangelicals has dropped significantly. And actually, if you follow the work of someone like Ryan Burge of Eastern Illinois University, a sociologist, actually, evangelicals are not the most hesitant uh, cohort. Uh, There's hesitancy among young uh, people who have no faith. There's uh, some hesitancy among African-American populations. Um, But secondly, I do think the reason why there's vaccine hesitancy and there's a tendency to believe conspiracy theories is, is twofold. I think, first of all, as I said, there's a deficit of trust in our institutions. And when, when trust goes down, uh, belief in conspiracies goes up. Number two, I think many of us uh, are more um, discipled and catechized by our uh, political uh, pundits and people we prefer on the left and the right than we are by scripture. And I think we need to return to uh, really uh, being, discipling by our, be, being discipled by our faith. And so I I'm there is good news, though, anecdotally, in my world, a lot of folks who have been very hesitant are getting the vaccine. uh, And I'm hearing from pastors around the country that that's the case as well.
0: But he wouldn't want to shame anyone into getting it right. Uh, It's just that if you follow the words of Jesus, you'll get it. And if you don't, then you're listening to your political pundits. I mean, that's the Ed Stetzer talking point, right? Uh, th- this is the whole like, well, the reason Christians are, um, are basically conservative, basically, that's usually how it comes down. The reason that they're the way they are is it's really just because they're watching Fox News and Tucker Carlson and they're listening too much to Tucker Carlson. And um, and that's why they're they're concerned about critical race theory. Remember that from Ed Stetzer and, and he's doing the same kind of play here. Uh, it's It's actually really offensive. It's like you're. You're choosing Tucker Carlson over Jesus, is kind of the insinuation. And, um, and so, you know, he's, on, he's saying this on M- MSNBC. Uh, again, writing from the USA Today. I mean, he's certainly involved with these more progressive publications. and I mean, he's followed up, and I, well, we're going to go to that in a minute, and writing for, I think it was USA Today or somewhere else, a liberal publication. And what I, I don't understand why why is it that you know they he, he doesn't defend his fellow evangelicals other than to say well no no they're coming around to your side uh, they're 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 starting to to believe what what uh, Joe believes <laughs> on MSNBC he doesn't contradict Morning Joe and say hey look uh, Joe M- Mr Joe Scarborough um, you know I understand your concern but I just want you to know that. You know, christians they, they might see things differently. The ones that are hesitant about this, and uh, they—or—and uh, and not just assume that it's all a big conspiracy theory, and not uh, just uh, let Joe accuse them of um, not following Jesus. I mean, it's a pretty big accusation. I mean, christians are supposed to follow Jesus, right? So, if—if if they're not following Jesus in the sense that they're hesitant about a uh, th- this treatment, because. They think actually it's not loving. And I made a whole post about this. I, I'm trying to love my neighbors by not doing this, by um, warning them of the, the things that are coming out about it, by telling them about the other treatments that exist that could help. Uh, maybe, maybe that's how we're supposed to do this. But there, the, the door is shut to all of that. The, you're not even allowed to entertain those ideas at all. Uh, seeking wisdom diligently, not going to happen. It's only there's only the person who has the wisdom is the person who um, is in charge with the force to implement mandates. And it, it's the elite institutions as well. Uh, and that they have a force called peer pressure. And um, and so it's it, I don't know. It's just it's just sad to me. It's just, it's just like what's the point of even having a, an evangelical go and talk if that's what they're going to say, if they're just going to repeat the same kinds of things um and and back up whatever the elites are saying why not have someone who's going on there and is going to defend christianity uh and and christians and um and their interests and also uh is going to actually seek the truth and do it do so diligently and um and 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 be unique a little this is just so uh I mean, I, I could just, I don't need to get this from Daniel Darling. I could just get this from Joe. He could talk to himself and do a monologue, and we get the same thing, pretty much. Um, why why be that way? Why not give them the gospel when you, you have the opportunity? Why, why not uh, represent something eternal? Um, it, I don't know. It's just such a big platform, and, and there's so many people watching that aren't saved, and I, I just can't imagine uh, being in that platform and, I mean, I, I guess there's there's certain times maybe you're you you know you run out of time and you don't don't get to share the truth of Christianity. But oh man, I just I can't imagine. I would I would be like chomping at the bit. It's time to share the gospel. We're on MSNBC. Wow, look what God did. Um, let us move on from this though. Um, let's go to um, let, let's go to this. Oh, this was a reaction. So so what happened? Apparently is that Daniel Darling got fired from National Religious Broadcasters because apparently they have a policy you're not supposed to take a side on the COVID stuff. So then this, this, this guy, this is only a two-minute video, uh, his name, what is his name? Uh, I'm forgetting his name. He's on the resolutions committee for the SBC, or he was. Um, he Anyway, Wait, let, 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 he'll probably say what his name is. Hold on. Hey guys, Bart Barber. Bart Barber. That's right, Pastor Bart Barber. Uh, Recognized his face. I couldn't recognize. I I couldn't remember his name off the top of my head. Okay, so Bart Barber. This is the guy who invited Dwight McKissick to preach at his church, on the resolutions committee for the SBC, pushing all the stuff that was pushed last time around. I I know I've seen him several times on Twitter. He he tends to defend the social justice side of things. He's kind. I I guess I would consider him more of a company man in the SBC. And um, and so this is what this is his reaction to this whole deal uh, that happened on MSNBC.
3: Into the work day, I'm out here at the farm. I want to respond and react to the news. Uh, Dan Darling, uh, who's the national spokesman for the National Religious Broadcasters Association, uh, he wrote an article and went on the news to encourage people to respect one another's choices about vaccination. Uh, He said that he understood why some people had reservations about the COVID vaccine, but also to say that he himself had been vaccinated to give his rationale for being vaccinated and uh, to encourage people to respect one another's freedom of conscience. For that today, the National Religious Broadcasters Association fired him. Fired him without severance left his family without income for suggesting that we respect one another's conscience and for saying why he himself got vaccinated and encourages other people to be vaccinated.
0: And you know, it's- I'm going to stop it right there and say, really, that's, that's the message that he was saying. That's it. That really was his thrust to respect one another's conscience. No, I don't, I don't think so. Um, I want you to remember another name, though, Bobby Lopez. I want you to remember that name. Some of you might, who have been following this channel for a while, you know that name because Bobby Lopez was fired from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. And part of the reason was because, and we have the recordings, he um, was sharing his testimony, and his testimony included being saved out of a homosexual lifestyle and having a family, being redeemed, and he believed that you didn't have to stay in that orientation. And where were the Bart barbers of the world at that time? Or how about the Russell Moores? Russell Moore also commented on, on this. A bunch of people commented. I, don't, I haven't gathered them all uh, to, to show you. But uh, we're, we're just appalled that Dan Darling would have been fired for breaking the policy. And yet you have a man like Robert Oscar Lopez who for a much more serious, much more related to Christianity reason, uh, was let go of an institution in a much more disturbing manner, and no one lifts a finger? No one think that thinks that's crazy? It's amazing to me. It really is, and it shows the utter hypocrisy. The SBC can't be saved as a denomination when it's people like this who are running it. The pressure only runs in one direction. If you're on the left then you have immunity in the SBC. You gotta be pretty far left to get any kind of criticism. It's almost impossible to be criticized if you're on the left in the SBC, and you at least say, even if you lie about it, you say that you agree with their statement of faith. But if you're on the right at all, and if you even, if, if you just aren't a company man, if you just decide, you know what, I'm sharing my testimony, and my testimony includes being saved out of a homosexual lifestyle. My testimony includes that I, I, I believe and the Scripture teaches in my mind that you don't have to stay in that lifestyle. You don't have to have those desires. And I'm not going to ask for permission to share my testimony. That's unreasonable. I'm a professor at a university and you get fired for it. Now that no one says lifts a finger for that, doesn't really seem to matter. Russell Fuller doesn't seem to matter really what happened to him doesn't seem to matter if someone disparages uh, people at Founders Ministries. Um doesn't seem to matter if Odie Bacham is raked over the coals. He's not even SBC, really. John MacArthur could be part of that, too. They're not really SBC, but um, Paige Patterson, I mean, we saw what happened there. I mean, there's all the grace in the world for uh, the Hannah Cates, right? Um, for uh, the Dan Darlings, for the Russell Moores, for the Walter Strickland's the Jarvis Williams, for the Danny Aikens, for anyone that's pushing the left, the, the envelope towards the left. All the grace in the world, all the understanding, but when it comes to uh, to to conservatives who want to actually take a stand, and they actually are taking a stand and saying, I'm standing on the word of God here. Not talking about a COVID vaccine. Not talking about something else. I'm talking about something directly related to what the word of God says. There's no one there to support them. This I'm telling you, this is For a lot of people in the SBC, this is kind of the environment that they live in. And this is just another example of it. And um, so I just wanted to expose that and just say, where were you, Bart Barber, when Bobby Lopez was fired and Russell Fuller was fired? Where were you? All right. Um, Do I want to finish this video? No, I don't think I want to finish this video. I don't think. Well, should we go on? Yeah, let's go on just a little more. Just a little more. It's really
3: not even about Dan. And fundamentally, it's not even about COVID or about the vaccine. It's about the fact that I mean, when I respond to this, I can't help but think about the work that pastors like me are doing all across this country to try to keep our churches from being divided over the question of this vaccine and this disease. We're working constantly. To try to get members of our churches to do just what Dan said, feel free to have opinions, feel free to articulate them, but respect one another's freedom of conscience. And it's all the more difficult to do that because some of these religious broadcasters are filling our church members heads full of lies and conspiracy theory crap that causes them to come into our churches and fight with one another.
0: I'm not even, I'm, I'm not going to finish this. This This is, what are the source of quarrels among you? <laughs> Quoting from James. Um, it's conspiracy theories from uh, religious broadcasters on the right. That's what it is. I mean, if you want to talk about, this is the absurdity of this. It absolutely absurd, absurd. And he doesn't even see it. And it, it's. It, it should be angering for those in the SBC. I mean, that you have guys like this on your resolutions committee. Um, he's accusing... He's actually pointing the finger, and he's, he's not even naming names. He's just saying that there's these religious broadcasters out there promoting conspiracy theories. And they're the ones causing division. Yet, he can't even look himself in the mirror and realize, he, in this moment, as he's doing this, Bart Barber's causing division. Bart Barber is saying a whole class of people who listens to whoever these religious broadcasters are, uh, are the, they're the ones guilty of division. So he's making a division in his mind between those who are causing division, he thinks, and those who are, are opposed to division. And supposedly, uh, Dan Darling, is he's opposed to division, even though he insinuates and goes along with Joe Scarborough saying basically, you know, they're not following Jesus because they don't have the vaccine. Apparently, that's not causing division. But what causes division are people who are skeptical about it, and rightfully so. It's disgusting. This, the, the, and and what he's what he's talking about is absolutely true. That him and other pastors, oh, they work so hard to keep their churches together, and that's and that's the problem. They're working so hard to try to keep their churches from splitting, instead of pursuing the truth. I don't want churches to split, but you know what? They have to be united around the truth. Yeah. And are there secondary issues out there? Are there things that you can disagree on? Yeah. Um, is, the co- is this issue with the, the mandates, because we know when we talk about this treatment, we're not talking about the treatment, we're talking about mandates. We're talking about a whole host of other things that are coming in. Whether or not this is a plan to, uh, to, to bring in socialism or single payer care or to um, create two classes of people, to take away civil liberties, uh, to restrict travel uh, to um, uh, to poison people potentially to make people possibly infertile some people think that and some people and they' and there now are scientists starting to say that there and I can give you even names of some of them um, I have a list but who are starting to say that yeah this could cause some of these things the, I mean you're you're not talking about just a, a mandate and that's what you got to realize that's what's in people's minds and you um, and you have to navigate this. You have to acknowledge those things. If you want any kind of unity, you have to acknowledge that these are actual issues that people are facing and trying to grapple with. And as a pastor, if you want to apply the word of God, you're going to have to seek wisdom. You're going to have to understand a little bit about what this stuff is. And rather than just saying peace, peace, when there is no peace. There's a theological thing going on here, guys. It's This isn't just a medical thing. I just hope you realize that. There is a theological thing. And this isn't the way that Russell Moore treats this, the way that, that it, um, even Dan Darling treats this, it, it is an article of faith that, that trusts the priesthood of medical lab coats and the government being the God who enforces uh, what's good for everyone else. I mean, that's what's going on here. And if you don't see that, if you don't see that there's another religion that's forming right in front of you, a state religion, and it does compete with Christianity, then you're not going to accurately be able to navigate this issue. And that's what so many pastors, including, and I don't mind saying it, uh, Dan Darling, Russell Moore, and I don't know if they're pastors, but Bar Barber is, they are are guilty of this. And um, I just, I don't see how, they're not, the church is not in good hands with people like this. All right. Um, Is there anything else? Oh, yes. Dan Darling wrote in the USA Today a follow-up. And I, I was going to read it, but I don't know if I had the stomach for it right now. He's just calling for unity. <laughs> and it's just, it's like, it, 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 these guys, you know, today we live in a polarized nations. And they, wanna, they want to um, transcend the divide. They all act like they're above the divide. Have you ever noticed that? They always posture themselves as if everyone's just fighting and they're the adult in the room. They're not fighting. They can see everything from a bird's eye perspective. Whereas you are the you're the basically you're the moron, you're the moron who doesn't see the full picture, and that's why you're fighting. And if you just knew the full picture, but meanwhile they they don't have a clue, they're just following what their their marching orders, most of the time. And so and then they call for peace when the uh, when they're on the ropes, and it's peace peace when there is no peace. All right, um, I'll probably get myself worked up. I should probably stop, but. That's, that's all I have for you today. I wanted to just point that out. It's, it's just an ongoing um, issue, but I, I wanted to bring attention to it once again, that there are there's a whole class of evangelical leaders out there who are punching right and soft-pedaling left and um, demeaning the people in their audience who might be uh, coming from a perspective that's more on the right uh, on particular issues like this particular one with this treat these treatments and um and they they seem to have this arrogance about them this elitism that they transcend these uh conflicts when in reality they're the ones that are creating the conflicts and they don't see it so wanted to point that out it's uh it is similar to some of the things that the pharisees act some of the ways the pharisees acted in my mind and um and, and i and I've said before in the book that I have coming out, I have a whole section comparing the social justice-minded evangelicals to the Pharisees. There's a lot of, uh, and, and yeah, it's a serious charge, and and I stand by it because there's a lot of um, parallels there. Um, hope that was helpful to someone out there, <laughs> and uh, there, there'll be more coming later this week. God bless. Bye now.
4: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.